But it's a time to rejoice. Rejoice with those that rejoice, but don't rejoice in iniquity. Our whole teaching is about peace. Our whole teaching is about oneness and unity. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. See, Satan is very subtle in his actions. We, we, we band together just like the five sect of people and here the Pharisees, that sect that was banded together to put a bond, to put bondage on those telling them the only way they can be saved is to be circumcised. Do not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Don't be, pursue peace. Run after peace. Don't, don't do things that you know is going to bring division or side with wrong. When the Lord called me, he called me, he said, cry loud, spare not, warn their people, my people, of their transgressions. And many times we are transgressors. And we have to be warned. Don't rejoice in iniquity. Don't think it's funny when something is, you think is whatever is whatever. Don't rejoice in it. Don't rejoice in it. Don't let the devil use you like that. We are going somewhere. We are going somewhere as a church. But we cannot go anywhere if one, one side over here is against this side. Or if you know there's something that bothers this person is going on and you're having fun with it. It will not work. We have to come clean. We have to come clean. Don't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Everybody with your Bibles? Hiya. Repeat after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says that I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. My life will never be the same after hearing the word of faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's turn to the book of Acts. And we're going to be reading... Verses 36 through 41. 36 through 41. And in my Bible it says, Paul and Barnabas separate. And if you have it, say amen. Chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. <laughs> Praise God. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from 
Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so that, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, I hide behind the cross in the name of Jesus. Lord, I anoint the hearers this day. Lord, anoint me your vessel. And we come, O oh God, as humble as we know how, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for signs and wonders. Oh God, following your word, we thank you for deliverances. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Before I go into this portion of the last portion of the teaching, there are some things I would like to discuss from last week's teaching. Last week, we discussed three areas of chapter 15, verses 1 through, I think it was 22 or through 35. That was a period where we discussed the dispute. We also discussed the defense. Then we turn around and we discuss the decision. Now, one thing I did not bring out on last week was this. There was a sect that rose up in the church, and they were teaching the people in Antioch, in order for them to be saved, they needed to be circumcised. But what happened was they forgot what circumcision was, what it meant. God wasn't concerned about the circumcision of the flesh as much as the circumcision of the heart. Because in Deuteronomy, he says, you stiff-necked people, I'm not concerned about the foreskin being circumcised. I'm concerned about your heart being circumcised. So that was the one thing they forgot, forgot. But what the... Pharisees were trying to do, they were literally trying to sew up the veil that was rented when Jesus gave up the ghost and the, the veil was what rent in twain, in two, in half, from the bottom to the top. So why was it rented? So it could give us access to the Holy of Holies. It, there was no need any longer for a chief priest to go in and to uh, atone for the sins of the people. Amen. So what the Pharisees wanted the people to do, no, you sew up that veil. Because I think before they can go in and enter into the Holy of Holies, the most Holy of Holies, not just the Holy of Holies, but the most Holy of Holies, look, they have to be circumcised. Then another problem was this. They were trying to confuse the law with grace. See, they knew about the Mosaic law. They knew the commandments. They knew all those things that Abraham the father, God had chosen him and had given him for the people to do. They knew all about the Mosaic law, but they didn't know about grace. So what they were trying to do was mix the grace and law together. How many know it doesn't work that way? First of all, the law only came to let them know what was wrong, why they were sinning. That was the purpose of the law. So they no longer needed the law, but we were under grace. And I want to give you a few scriptures in light of some of those uh, verses. It says here that 
Um, let me get my papers. Okay, let's let's look at some of the uh, look at Deuteronomy ten sixteen, and it says, "Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked." <laughs> Have you ever seen a stiff-necked person? They are like a bull. I mean, they are stubborn. Stiff-necked people, you can't even how to deal with them. You see, God is close to a person with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. But when you walk around all stiff-necked and pride, he ain't coming near you. As Fred Hammond said, you can't, no, was it Fred, whoever he is, you can't touch this. No, he won't touch that. He will not have no attempt to touch that because you're too stiff-necked. You got to loosen up and humble up. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will exalt you, not after a while, but in due season. Because, see, sometimes our seasons are out of season when we're trying to exalt ourselves. There's a time to be exalted, and there's a time to be abased. But many times we're trying to exalt ourselves being stiff-necked. But guess what? He's going to walk all over you. He's going to pass you. We sing this song, Savior, don't pass me by, but I tell you, he don't like no proud spirit. The first thing that he said is an abomination before him was pride. And when a person is stiff-necked, they are loaded with pride. He says, that thing is, it stinks in my nostrils. It's an abomination before me. So loosen up. Don't get so (laughs) stiff-necked. So then he goes on and he says a little further, and he says in Romans 2, Verses 25 through 29. Let's go there. And I just wanted to bring these points out in light of the uh, dispute and why they were wrong in their thinking. Okay, Romans 2, verses 25 through 29. says, says, For circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the circumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law? For he is not a Jew which is outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one, what? inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God give the Lord a clap offering hallelujah 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 so you see here that circumcision is not required people were saved the Gentiles were saved through grace by faith but see, what the, what the problem was, the Jews knew that God had promised them a kingdom, an establishment of a kingdom. 
But they couldn't see how the Gentiles was going to fit into it. But what did God said? He said, I was looking for a people. He didn't say I was looking for the Jews. He said, I was looking for a people. So what happened was that he caused Israel to fall back in order for the door to be open to the Gentiles. But he comes back and he says, but don't, don't worry, Jews. Don't worry, Hebrews. Don't worry, Israelites. Your day will come that all Israel shall be saved. But until he's finished with the church, his people, and his people are Jews, Mexicans, Spanish, white, black. They're his people. He's looking for a people. He's looking, he, look, he called out a people, ecclesia, a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he was calling out a church. Then after, you know, this, these Pharisees and they went about teaching and went to Antioch and trying to confuse the people. And, you know, we had shared how uh, Peter came to the defense. Well, Peter came to the defense based on the past. Remember, we had shared how he had had this vision and how he had dreamt about unclean animals and he was eating them and he couldn't figure them out, figure out how the Lord would do that to him. But the Lord was opening the door for him to be able to minister to the Gentiles. Then Paul came, comes along, and he, he has his defense, but his defense was in the present. Because what he did, when he went to Antioch in the book of Galatians, when he went there with the conference of uh, leaders, he was so excited. He was so excited what God was doing with the people. You know, just like last Sunday, I am 73 years old, and all of my life, I have never experienced what happened in this church last Sunday. I've heard Kenneth Haken and Dad Haken teach, you know, how there were people and there were services that we held, and at the end of the service, nobody could move. In all my years, I had never experienced it until last Sunday. Signs and wonders. Look, that's, that's the thing that's going to follow after his words. Signs and wonders. And he was boasting about, oh, my Lord, and what they're doing, what's going on with the Gentiles. They're being set free. They're being delivered. They're being made whole. All these good things were happening. So he was excited about sharing the good news. Then all of a sudden, here come these Pharisees. And they're going to tell them, no, no, that they're not saved unless they're, they're circumcised. But when it was all said and done, then James decided to come to the decision. And when he came to the decision, his decision was in the agreement. It was not with Tim. It was not with Paul. Neither was it with Peter. But what he said, I am agreeing that everything that Peter has said and everything that Paul has said, it agrees with the prophet Amos. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about fulfillment, isn't it? Not? It's all about the word being fulfilled. Isn't it good? All the time. God is good. So he says, now I'm going to tell you, it's about fulfilling what, what God has said, you know, in Amos, sharing that, yes, the time will come. That's going to be an established kingdom. But right now, it's not time. The Gentiles are yet being called in. So today, we start with Barnabas Paul and Barnabas separate. But the thing about this, if you look at the first three verses, or you look at the whole chapter, 
The whole chapter is dealing with us, if you want to make it applicable to the day, it's saying that conflict will come, differences will come, but you have to be careful, you know, and how you make sure you're not causing the difference. Now, we're going to see here today, this, this whole lesson is dealing with the conflict, but some conflicts are good, some are bad, some are dishonest, and some are honest. Now, within this passage of Scripture, this conflict was a good conflict, but yet it caused separation. It was a good conflict, but it caused separation. But the thing we need to know that when there is a conflict, it should not be a conflict because of our selfishness, our jealousies, you know, our insecurities. It should not be because of those kinds of things. But this we we'll see here that it was an honest conflict. It says the journey begins in controversy. It says um, Paul and Barnabas agreed on the importance of the trip. So let's go back to that verse 40, 36. It says here that, and some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Can you imagine how excited Paul was to be able to go back to the churches that he had established? and to go back and to check on them. And he said, let's go back and observe, observe them and, and, and just check on them and see what we can do to help them along. He was excited about that. But what happened when, when Barnabas said, well, let's take Mark. <laughs> and right away, Paul says, no, we can't take Mark. Because we took Mark before and Mark ran. <laughs> see, some people think they're ready for ministry. When they're not ready for ministry. Let me tell you, when you look, you, you, it's, it's, a lot of people think it's glamorous. It's a price to pay. What price? Oh, glory. It's a price to pay. A price of mockery? I mean, it's a price. Deception? Being murdered, not by a third or two, but with the tongue. That little small member that nobody can tame but the Holy Ghost. So here Paul says, no, Mark can't go. So they had their own reasons. You see, Paul asked the question, what can we do for God? But Barnabas asked the question, but what can God's work do for us? Now, sometimes we make mistakes and we fall. But don't you know God is a God of a first, second, third, and fourth, fifth chance? Mark might have failed. He might have got timid and ran back home. But Barnabas, I don't think, would not have suggested him to go if he had not recommitted his life. Aren't you glad that you can recommit your life to God? Aren't you happy about that? I messed up a month ago, two weeks ago, maybe last night. But you can come here today and say, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, you made provision for me that if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin. And not only forgive me of the sin that I confess, but turn around and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
If anything is in you that's not right, you might not even be aware that's not what's not right in you. A lot of us are going on not even aware of what's not right in you. But when you sin and you confess that sin, God will forgive you. So here Barnabas was saying, this man has recommitted himself. But they had both point of views. It was a view, you, you couldn't say that either one was wrong or either one was right. Paul had it, looked at it from a different perspective. Barnabas looked at it in a different perspective. He knew that if you allowed the work, the God's work to work on you, he's going to change you. Yes. There's no way in the world you can sit up under God's word and not change. It's designed to change you. Not unless you're going to kick against the prick. Now, if you're going to kick against the goals, you will never be changed. God is looking for change. He's looking for change. Yeah, you might have been hard. Oh, those that were here last night, those that ladies and missed the, the, the women's fellowship was awesome. Sister Plana was the facilitator. And she was saying how in her life, her whole family, she thinks it was the whole family thing, that they always would talk to people, but they would talk, it was the way they said things, how they said it, and she discovered, you know, it was a family situation. But she said, but I learned after reading this book, you know, how to be a God after, a woman after God's own heart, she was sharing that I had to work on how I spoke to people. I had to work on how I would speak and, and you know, and, and confront she said, I had to work on it because it was a family thing. We said what we wanted to say when we wanted to say it and how we wanted to say it. But then she began to think about that thing. But would, would God have said it like that? Would the word have, you know, allowed us to speak it and say it in the old kind of way? No. So she had to work towards that change. So do we. Let's go to the next verse, and it says, and Barnabas determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought, that, but Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. <laughs> and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed with Cyprus. Now, the only thing about a situation like this is this. Even though they had two different views, God overruled in both situations because now you have two missionaries. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you think, you know, things are happening for one reason, but now you have more word going forth. One went to Cyprus and one went to Syria. That was more word, regardless of how it came about. Because when you look in the book, God restored Mark and, 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 and uh, Paul's relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing when maybe people are separated because of whatever the issues are, but when God can bring them back together. That's the key. When God can bring them back together. It might be for a season, and it does not matter who caused what. But one thing I do know, if you know you're the cause of the, whatever the dispute or the conflict, you should be man enough or woman enough to say, you know what, I was wrong in my thinking. I, 
created the problem. You know, and I'm willing to make that confession that we can come together again. <laughs> Woo! It takes a big person to say that I was wrong. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. And then verse 4, it says, And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches, the churches that had been established, confirming them, checking on them, seeing what they're teaching. But you see, the thing is this. If the Judaizers had won what they were attempting to do, that would mean that Paul and Peter or Barnabas were not teaching correctly because they would have been teaching first how to live as a good Jew first. You see what I'm saying? So here all these people now are saved. If they hadn't changed that thing, can you imagine Paul and Barnabas having to go back to all these churches and switch up and change up on them? That would have been chaos. So what we need to do is hold fast. Hold fast. The Bible says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. Then the sad thing about conflict, honest conflict arises from a genuine, genuine difference, a difference from, that focuses upon how best to carry out the mission of the Lord. So this is what happened here. The difference was not over the mission. Every believer is to be concerned and committed to the mission of the Lord to visit the brothers in every city where he has preached the word of the Lord. Every church is to be exhorted and helped in every way possible in every generation. The difference cannot and must not be the mission. If it is, then the conflict is not honest. It is false and selfish. You might be in here and you might believe in one saved, always saved. You might be in here and you believe that you cannot lose your salvation. You might be in here, you might not believe in, that you can speak in tongues. It is not for today because you've been taught traditionally. It does not matter but all that if somebody is laying here right now and they need your help and my help, it doesn't matter which and what belief system you believe when they need help. All we need to do is band our arms together. You hear overseer says it all the time. We, if, we, if, if this piano needs to be moved, and, and, and you, I, I'm not going to argue with you, man, do you believe in one save, always save? Yes, I do, but I'm dropping the piano. <laughs> man, wouldn't that be wrong? That'd be the wrong thing to do. All the weight is on the other guy now. It doesn't matter. It might be merit on both sides, but that's not even the, the, the argument. The common denominator between all of us is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the common denominator. Hallelujah. Jesus suffered. He bled. He died. He took on our sins. And he did it before we were even thought of. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus died. 
Paul, we were, when we were, were without strength, in due season, Jesus died. So it doesn't matter about all these other things and schisms and isms that separates us. The thing is, that's just don't you be the cause of the conflict. Make sure it's a genuine conflict. There are conflicts in homes between mothers and fathers and, and between parents and children. And you know many times we have to compromise. But then another thing too, I want to go back to the first teaching. You, the compromise for the first church or for, yes, it was for the first church because it was. The compromise was this. James wrote the letter and the compromise was that I want you, the Gentiles, to abstain from idolatry and immorality. That was the compromise. And then he says, and don't eat anything that's any meat that has been strangled. Because if you eat something that has been strangled and it wasn't cleaned properly, blood is still in that meat. If it's an animal that has been strangled. So he says, instead of you know, eating that, make sure that you don't eat these things because you're going to cause your brothers to be weak. Because don't forget now, a lot of Jews became Christians. A lot of Jews were saved back in that day. So the key was not to cause your brother to stumble. So you can ask yourselves, what am I doing to cause my brother to stumble? See, when, 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 when you think you're not being watched, don't you know you're being watched? When you think people are ignoring you, they're watching you, <laughs> watching every move you make. And I've had somebody tell me, yeah, I watch you all the time, intentionally. <laughs> and many do watch me. They watch me all the time. They want, to, they want, to, they want my response in certain things. They want to see my response. Well, if that, if that gives you joy, I mean, you know. <laughs> If, that, if, that, if that's where your fun is, go ahead and do it. <laughs> I think, I, I, see, I, see, I, see, I know I hit on somebody's toes then, but it's all good. As long as men are on the earth, there will be conflict. There always has been and always will. Tragically, tr tragically the conflict is usually selfish. The believer must always search his heart and make sure his differences with others are pure, completely unselfish. Conflict is never good. It's always bad. But when we hold honest differences, being thoroughly convinced of God's leadership, conflict cannot be avoided. When this happens, each party has to move on, trust in the Lord to take charge of the other party and work all things out for good. Jesus, he went away again the second time and he prayed, saying, Oh my father, if this cup may not, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Sometimes in your life you're wondering what's happening. And God, because see, everything is not from the devil. Some things are sent on us by God to stretch us. Some of us need to be stretched. Some of us need to be stretched. And you're trying to figure out why is this happening? Why is that happening? But God said, I'm taking you to a place. Amen. Hallelujah. And the only way you can go to the place, you got to be stretched. He's taking you to a new dimension. Another level. 
I heard that was new devils for new levels. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I think I'm, I'm inclined to believe it's true. Because every time you think you move going forward, all of a sudden you push backward because the devil doesn't want you to reach your potential. Do not let the devil abort your purpose. You have vision, you have dreams. Don't let the devil abort your purpose. Ha! Hallelujah. Don't let him do it. If you're a dreamer, honey, dream on. Because God will show you stuff in your dreams. Many times he'll show you what you're going to be in life in your dreams. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Some of us are, 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 are entrepreneurs. We have, we have million dollars designs and, inter, and, and, and uh, inventions. And sometimes the devil will tell you, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you don't have the money. Or oh, you don't have this. Put your dream, put it on paper. Whatever God has given you to invent, put it on paper. Work it. Work it. Work it. Work it. It says in Jane, John 7, 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's why the Bible says study to show that stuff approved. Because somebody could be preaching and teaching, and they could be all about themselves. But if you know what they're talking, lines up with the word, you know they're talking and teaching truth. If you didn't study to show that stuff approved, you wouldn't know what people are talking. They could, they could bring you anything. That's why the Galatians were, were conceived, I mean, deceived. Paul said, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you will not obey the truth? And another thing is this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I just, I'm picking this up in my spirit just now. There are some people that I don't care. When a preacher's up preaching and they give you instruction, you better obey it. Now, you don't have to obey it, but it's to your advantage to obey it. Because last Sunday when I had said to the church, I said, everybody reach forth and pull in and then receive what God has for you because the Holy Ghost is not through. And this young lady said, when I, when I clapped my hand together and began to receive it, the power of God threw me out of my seat on the floor. The girl got total deliverance, but she obeyed the command of the speaker or the prophet. Some of us are disobedient by nature. Or, maybe, or we might, you know, have this uh, feeling, what, 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 you know, she's a woman. The Bible says there are neither male nor female, born or free. Hallelujah. He said in his last days, he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters shall prophesy. My old men shall dream dreams. Hallelujah. And my young men shall see visions. This is the last day. It was the last day when he died, but this is the last day. God is calling women. He's calling them. He's raising them up. 
I sure didn't call myself, because I sure wouldn't have called myself for this, because it's a price to pay. Hallelujah. I did not call myself, but God called me. And because he called me, I said, yes, Lord, I'll go, I'll do, I'll say what you want me to say. He called me. He called you. He called you. Don't procrastinate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Don't you know God will tell you to do something? And if you don't do it, he raised up another person. Hallelujah. And you wonder, oh, why did they move on? Because you didn't obey. So since you're going to sleep on them, say, I'm going to raise up somebody else. Ha. Huh. The sad result of honest conflict. Two results are seen in the experience of Paul and Barnabas. There was sharp contention. The idea is that of differing to the point of suffering pain. Don't you know when you've worked with someone for years and years and they're separated from you, don't you know it's painful? If it's not painful, well, you know, then you have to ask, well, was that an honest conflict or was that a selfish conflict if you're satisfied with the separation? Because there will always be conflict. But we have to learn to agree, to disagree agreeably. That was the loss of each. Can you imagine the pain that Barnabas felt and the pain that Paul felt? Because Barnabas was like a, was like a father and the Lord to Paul. I mean, he had stood up for him when all the people were afraid of him. Hey, I ain't going to hear that man. I'm not, I don't want to be in his sight. He's the one that killed all the, all the Christians and went in the homes and pulled the mothers and the children out because they were serving the true and living God. I don't want nothing to do with this man. But Barnabas, the consolator, the encourager, huh? What are you? Are you an encourager? Are you a consolator? Or are you a divider? So here we see, it, it was painful, very painful. Barnabas had encouraged and nurtured him, and, and even, even with Mark, he, 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 he encouraged Mark as well. <laughs> he encouraged Mark. So he was, he was, do you know how it hurt him that I'm losing my son? All that I've done for him, now we are being separated. But God... God fixed it through it all. Because when it was all said and done, when it was all said and done, Mark, let's see if we can find that in Scripture, where uh, they came back together again. <laughs> it says, the deserter was reclaimed and set aflame. <laughs> he might have ran one time, but when he came back, he was set aflame. That man was on fire. 
He was on fire. <laughs> Man, it's worth being, you know, separated if you're going to come back on fire. Because, see, he, he came back without any doubt. He knew that regardless of what it looked like, how bad it got, he was going to stay this time. He knew how ugly it got. How ugly that missionary field got. I heard a preacher preach the other night, and he was saying, who, who would like to live out of a suitcase all the time? I mean, traveling here and there all the time and having to live out of a suitcase. He said, it, 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 it's, it's hard. But that's the call to the yes. That's the results of the yes. I'll go. Because he won't have all of us living out of suitcases. But he's going to have some. But he's going to have some of us just to be just that faithful Sunday school teacher. So we see here that that was a lot of pain. But God takes care of his hurting servants when they are faithful to their call and ministry. Paul is a, is a dynamic example in continuing despite being bombarded with setbacks after setbacks. Galatians 6 and 9 says, and let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season we shall what? Reap if we faint not. And as I read before, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then it tells us, let us not therefore follow after the things which make, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. See, that, I, I, now I started off with this, didn't I? And here the Lord would have me to end up with it. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. When you're sitting up there cutting up and laughing and trying to, whatever you're doing, that's not, that's not making for peace. That's making for dissension and contention. And everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that glitters is not gold. Because the Bible says that if his ministers can appear as the angel of light, you know, you can, oh, you can act so real and be just as dangerous as can be. A snake in the grass. I mean, just, just think about the, the chief musician. He was going to raise himself and, and all these eyes he was going to do because he, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, the devil is a liar. So let's seek after peace. Let's make for peace. It says, let everyone please his neighbor for his good to edification. That's Romans 5 and 2. So saints and church, be encouraged that conflict will come, but make sure you're not the cause of the conflict. Or make sure that your motives are pure and right and honest. Learn to forgive and forgive quickly. Don't hold grudges. And I think the worst thing that you can have in a church is when you have older members speaking in the ears of newer members. And that's the thing. That, see, that was, that, those sect of Pharisees, that's what they were doing. And see, some members want to have their way, want it their way, but it's not about from the pulpit to the pews. It's God's way. It's God's way. 
But many times we will whisper in the ears of those that come new and they're all confused after a while. They come with a burning fire and they come all, you know, with a zeal, a zeal without knowledge, but they come with the zeal and all of a sudden you see them kind of standing back and they're looking at you strange, like you a bet out of hell, and they're looking at you like you're all crazy because somebody's been whispering in their ears, now they don't know who to believe, what to believe, conflict, because somebody else's offense. The worst thing you can do in life is to pick up another person's offense. Because first of all, it, it, didn't, it didn't have anything to do with you. Amen. Didn't have anything to do with you, but you picked it up. Now you walk around and running with it. That's it. <laughs> Walking around, running with it. Don't do it. Make sure that any conflicts that, that, that's going on is not because somebody's trying to persuade you differently. But make sure you get in that word, and whatever situation you're facing, use his word to solve the issue. And his, his, his word is all about love. I don't care if you speak in tongues 24-7, never speak in tongues, whatever. If you don't have love, you are no thing. You hear me? You are no thing. Not nothing, but a no thing. <laughs> a no thing. <laughs> I don't care how eloquent you can speak and how smart you think you are. If you're not operating in love, you are a no thing. Now abideth what? Now abideth faith, hope, and charity. And charity is love. It's the greatest. So the only way we can avoid conflict is through the agape love. Amen? Amen? Amen. I think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 H